Welcome to Learning English, a daily 30-minute program from the Voice of America. I'm Dan Friedel. And I'm Katie Weaver. This program is aimed at English learners. So we speak slowly and we use words and phrases especially written for people learning English. Today on the podcast, Gina Bennett and I look at some concerns employers have about Gen Z workers. Then, Andrew Smith joins me for a lengthy topic on words and their stories. But first, Brian Lynn has this story about California. Developers of a proposed new city in Northern California have begun presenting their plans to voters. Jan Ceramic leads the project called California Forever. Ceramic is a former trader with American financial services company Goldman Sachs. He recently started a campaign to seek community support in Solano County for the new city. The project needs the support because current community rules bar development of some agricultural land. California Forever needs the written support of 13,000 Solano County voters to propose the building project on a ballot in November elections. Leaders of the project have already spent more than $800 million on land purchases in an area between San Francisco and Sacramento. Planners say they aim to create an environment-friendly and walkable city with affordable housing and good jobs. Among billionaire backers of the project are philanthropist Laureen Powell Jobs, LinkedIn co-founder Reid Hoffman, and investor and Netscape co-founder Mark Andreessen. Planners want to build about 20,000 homes for 50,000 residents. The city will sit between Travis Air Force Base and the small city of Rio Vista. The housing is to be built within walking distance to jobs, schools, restaurants, and stores. Developers have suggested the city's population could one day reach 400,000. Since it was formed in 2017, California Forever has bought more than 202 square kilometers of farmland in Solano County. The plan calls for $400 million to help Solano County residents buy homes in the proposed community. Ceramic has already held a series of community meetings around the county. But the efforts have not quieted critics who have been opposed to the project since the start of land buying began in the area years ago. The land California Forever is targeting sits in the heart of the Sacramento-San Joaquin River Delta, 
which serves as home to many fish and wildlife species. The delta is also a source for the area's already limited water supply. Critics of the project worry that adding more development will further harm an already threatened ecosystem. But supporters say Solano County is a smart place to build because the area has a big need for additional housing. There is especially a great need for affordable homes for teachers, firefighters, police, and other public workers. Gabriel Metcalf is head of planning for California Forever. He told the Associated Press he thinks Solano County is a good place because it will appeal to military contractors as well as technology and construction companies seeking a new project. Metcalf said, If we can provide companies with a pathway to growth, we think we'll get some major employers creating jobs here that would otherwise go out of state to places like Texas. I'm Brian Lynn. A recent report from a higher education advising organization says nearly 40% of American employers avoid offering jobs to recent college graduates. They said members of Generation Z, or Gen Z, the group of Americans born between 1997 and 2012, make a lot of mistakes in job interviews. They say they would rather employ older workers who work harder and are dependable. The research comes from Intelligent, an organization that does research about higher education, the job market, and helps young people prepare for college and work. The report came out in December and notes that of 800 directors, managers, and executives asked questions, 38% said they favor older workers. About 20% of employers said young people brought a parent with them to a job interview. Almost 60% of those surveyed said recent college graduates are unprepared for work, and about half said they had to dismiss or fire a recent college graduate. Others said the young workers do not take criticism well. Because of bad experiences with younger workers, more than half of the business leaders said they are putting policies in place that older workers want. For example, they're offering benefits that are important to older workers, paying higher salaries and permitting older workers to work from home. They also say they are willing to employ an older employee who is overqualified if it means they do not have to employ a younger worker. One respondent gave an example of a Gen Z job seeker who refused to turn on their camera during a video interview. 
Michael Connors is a recruiter in the Washington, D.C. area. That means he helps companies find job candidates. He said he is not surprised by the survey results. He said employers have real questions about the young job seekers. He asked, do they even want this job? or do they just go through the motions? He said he has not had a job candidate say they will not use their camera for interviews. However, he has had some candidates choose noisy places for calls. One was sitting outside a shopping center during the interview. Adam Capozzi is the Career Services Director at Syracuse University in New York State. He said while many students are very good about online communication, managing data, and have experience with spreadsheets, they need help with the soft skills. Soft skills, he said, include making introductions in business settings offering a good handshake, or even knowing how to ask for a business card. Capozzi said students should pay special attention to three things when looking for jobs. Dressing well for interviews, making sure that their social media and LinkedIn profiles tell a story of their core mission vision, and values, learn that networking is so much more than going to a career fair. You could be in an elevator at a specific office building or at a different establishment and bump into someone and strike up a 30-second conversation and not know who they're uh, associated with, and a positive first impression could lead to further conversations. Diane Gajewski is a professor of strategic communications at Ithaca College in New York State. She worked on the survey. She said, one reason some members of Gen Z are having trouble is that the pandemic disrupted activities that lead to job hunting success. She noted that some students missed out on internships, and the chance to meet professionals who visited college campuses as guest speakers. Part of college readiness uh, for college's ability to make students ready for the, their careers are the things that they experience outside the classroom, um, such as engaging with uh, people who are different than they are and uh, being able to work on um, projects that are in the community and engaging in internships. And all of that just didn't exist. Managers noted that many students became used to missing project time limit dates or deadlines and class time. During the pandemic, some teachers eased a lot of rules. But in the workplace, employers are not as permissive. Kristen Williams is the director of career services at Kent State University's Business School in Ohio. She said she sees strong and promising students all the time. However, some of them do miss deadlines. 
She notes part of that might be left over from the pandemic when we didn't know what was going to happen tomorrow. However, she said employers should be willing to train new employees who are having problems. Again, do we like it when those things happen? Absolutely not. You know, I'm, I'm frustrated when the deadline um, is missed or there's a repeated asks for an extension. At some point, someone has to be responsible for coaching through that. Williams said new employees need to be taught how to tell their supervisors they might miss a deadline ahead of time. And they should be taught how to prioritize the most important tasks. Some of the criticisms in the intelligent survey are part of having several generations in the workforce at the same time, Williams said. But she said that the Gen Z workers might make a positive shift in the workplace. She said other workers might end up working less, getting paid more, and enjoying freedom to dress less formally at work because of Gen Z's behavior. She added, if 40% of employers are worried about Gen Z, that means 60% are not. I'm Gina Bennett. And I'm Dan Friedel. And now, words and their stories from VOA Learning English. On this program, we explore words and expressions in the English language. We give definitions, examples, and notes on usage. Today, we are talking about expressions that come from two very different types of races, a marathon and a sprint. A marathon is a foot race that happens over a long distance. It is a test of endurance. A sprint is a short race and tests speed. These two races each require different running methods to win. During a sprint, a runner does not center on time or distance. Instead, they simply try to run as fast as they can, using their full energy from the very start of the race. But things are different in a marathon. If a racer started out running as fast as possible from the beginning, he or she would likely quickly run out of steam. This method or strategy would probably not result in success. Instead, marathon runners need to pace themselves. Pacing means considering the task you need to complete and the resources you have available. Possible resources include time, energy, and money. Just like during a marathon, a person involved in a long-term project might consider pacing themselves. This is because long-term projects are more like marathons than sprints. A well-known saying 
describes life as a marathon, not a sprint. This means people need to learn to be patient, and not become worried if their life plans or dreams take some time. Things like finding a good job, creating a nice home, or developing friendships all can take time. There is also a similar expression to consider: slow and steady wins the race. Now, let's hear two friends use these expressions in a conversation. So, are you excited to move and start a new job? I am. I want to learn about the city, make new friends, decorate my new apartment, and ace my new job. That's a lot to focus on. It takes time to settle into a new place and feel at home. You don't want to get burned out. That's a good point, but I really just want to start over and make a great life. Well, that takes time. You know what they say: life is a marathon, not a sprint. I know, but I can't wait. I feel like sprinting. I understand that feeling. I have an idea. I'll come visit in a couple of months and remind you to pace yourself. Okay, you've got a deal. We can say that learning English is also like a marathon, not a sprint. If you keep studying day by day, little by little, your English is sure to get better over time. And that's all the time we have for this words and their stories. Until next time, I'm Andrew Smith. I'm Dan Friedel, and you're listening to the Learning English podcast. We just heard Andrew Smith talk about running fast and running slow. Welcome to the show, Andrew. Hi, Dan. Thank you. I'm happy to be here. So let's talk about this week's subject, Andrew. Can you remind our listeners? Yeah, I sure can.、Um, this week's topic is about the English expression. It's a marathon, not a sprint, and other expressions related to that, like run out of steam. And we also finished the article with a question for our listeners, which is, "What's an example of something you have heard called a marathon, not a sprint?" Well, Andrew, to me, the idea of an activity. That could be described as a marathon and not a sprint is the American sport of baseball. The baseball season lasts a long time. The games begin in April and they finish in October, and the teams play nearly every day, 162 games. So, the season is definitely like a marathon. It sure is. That is a long time, and a marathon is a long, long foot race and forty-two kilometers to be precise. So it takes a long time to run a marathon. In baseball, some teams can start off playing really well in April. Maybe they win fifteen or sixteen out of. 
20 or 22 games to start the season. But then things change. Uh, Players who are doing really well might suffer an injury. Uh, Others who are making great plays in the games, like they catch every ball that gets hit to them. Suddenly they have trouble getting the ball. And uh, then by the time May or June or July comes around, that team isn't doing as well anymore. There's a saying that we use in the sport that actually comes from horse racing. Sometimes these teams that start off really well come back to the pack, just like a horse that comes out of the gates really fast and gets way ahead of the other horses. That horse comes back to the pack. Now, on the other hand, because the season is so long, a team that has trouble in the first month, they start saying things like, remember, the baseball season is a marathon, not a sprint. And next thing you know, the team starts winning games, the players gain confidence, and they move up in the rankings, slowly but surely. Well, that's right. And you can change position in the race you're doing or in the season you're doing if it's a long race or a long season, if it's a marathon. If it's a sprint, a very, very short, fast race, if you get behind, it's too late. You cannot catch up. Andrew, that's a good example. I think if you're thinking about something like the 100-meter race in the Olympics, we don't often see somebody get off to a bad start and then come back and win the race because it lasts less than 10 seconds long. That's right. Andrew, do you have a description? Do you have a memory of a situation where you've had to remind yourself that a project is more like a marathon compared to a sprint? Yes. um, I think the example for me that comes to mind is when I was in graduate school, I had to write what we call a thesis, which is a long paper, research paper about a topic. And I think mine was about 80 pages or something like that. And if I thought about it as one big thing, one big marathon, it could be um, a little bit intimidating, but I just remembered to pace myself and take one step at a time. But that was a bit of a marathon, but I did cross the finish line. Andrew, Anna and I were having a conversation sometime last year about one of the Words and Their Stories episodes. And we were talking about how I was running in a short race, uh, a race that's only five kilometers. And I passed somebody at the very end And I was feeling really confident that I was going to finish ahead of that person. And then just before we got to the line, that person sprinted and finished just ahead of me by one or two steps. I wondered if you ever think that there is an opportunity in something that's a marathon for there to be also a sprint within the marathon. Yes, I think there there are times within a long project or within a long race where you have to speed up and you can change your pacing. But I also know that people have to be careful about burnout. 
burnout is like if you use all your fuel up too soon. You're going to run out quickly. And in fact, people who run marathons who are not very experienced runners, one of the main mistakes they make is they're excited on the day of the race and they start out too quickly. And then they run out of steam. So it's very important to pace yourself in a marathon or any long project. Andrew, I think we should remind our listeners about some of these phrases that go along with this conversation. Uh, the idea of uh, something being a marathon, not a sprint. We talk about pacing. We talk about the idea of running out of steam and the idea of burnout. So let's talk about the idea of running out of steam. I think that saying comes from the time of steam engines. A long time ago, trains and other heavy machinery was powered by steam, and a person would work in the engine room and shovel coal into a boiler, and the boiler would heat up and turn water to steam. The pressure from the steam would make gears in the machine start turning, and next thing you know, the engine, the train would start moving. And in that case, the people shoveling coal needed to pace themselves too. Maybe they would work for eight hours, so they had to be careful that they didn't run out of steam and they kept a pace that they could manage for the full time of the train ride. That's right. So there's pacing for the workers and there's also pacing for the machine itself. <laughs> the machine cannot run out of steam and people uh, need to be careful so that they do not run out of steam. Andrew, I was wondering if we could explain for our listeners this idea of burnout. Um, I think during the pandemic in 2020 and 2021, there was a lot of concern that people in healthcare, um, emergency workers, doctors, nurses who are caring for patients seemingly every day, all day long, for many months on end, that they would just run out of steam and burn out. They wouldn't want to get out of bed one more day. Is that a good example of the idea of burnout? I think so. But one way we can also maybe show a small difference between the terms is um, I might run out of steam during the day on some task I'm doing just because I'm tired, I need some food, I need some rest. Burnout generally refers to losing the desire to continue doing some kind of work or task over a long term. There have been examples of some athletes who started their sport very young and achieved a lot at a young age and then were burned out when they were still in their 20s. Uh, so that would be an example. And like you said, during the pandemic, uh, nurses in particular who had worked day after day after day after day for this terrible pandemic, they also experienced burnout. Andrew, those are some good examples. I think the the advice that I would offer is for people to make sure that they have activities in their life that allow them to get away from uh, the main activity that they do so that 
they're not always working, that maybe they have a, a fun hobby where they can relax their mind a little bit. Maybe it's gardening. Maybe it's playing a sport. Maybe it's uh, even doing something like uh, cooking new foods or, or trying new restaurants. What's something, Andrew, that you might recommend for people to, uh, to do so that they don't uh, burn out? I think what you mentioned is a great suggestion. Having some variety. I think when people are doing one thing very intensely over and over again, I think our minds, our brains, and our bodies just naturally need a rest and need some change. So build in those changes if you can, and then you'll find yourself being able to finish the marathons the marathon projects you're working on, uh, and you won't, you'll be less likely to burn out, I think. I think that's a good point, Andrew. Well, we should make sure that uh, our listeners don't get burned out on this idea <laughs> of a marathon and not a sprint. So we probably should wrap it up for now. Thanks for joining us this week, Andrew. It's always fun to talk with you. Oh, likewise, Dan. Thank you so much. I was really glad to speak with you. And that's the Learning English Podcast for today. Thank you, Andrew, for running that marathon with me. And thanks also to all of my VOA colleagues who worked on today's program. Most importantly, thank you for listening. For more, visit our website at learningenglish.voanews.com. I'm Katie Weaver. And I'm Dan Friedel.